This is Cody Broadway, the host of Dying to be Wrong, The Price of COVID Misinformation. This is episode four, The Toll of COVID-19. If you haven't already, I encourage you to go back to the Dying to be Wrong feed to listen to the last three episodes of this series. How does the story end? The COVID story? Yeah. Not sure right now. It's, we don't have a, you know, a happy ending yet. Given the political climate, that there aren't as many conversations happening with people who might think differently. I honestly think that social media is one of the driving components that is making this virus worse. I think social media has definitely pushed that too. There's no doubt in my mind that misinformation is killing my uh, community. A lot of people do all these kind of videos using the pandemic and instead of uh, help people, they dividing people. I'm Cody Broadway, an NBCLX storyteller in Los Angeles, but San Angelo, Texas is my hometown. So going home to tell this story was very personal. Over the past year, several family members have contracted COVID-19 and a few friends have died from the virus. To some, they are just numbers, but to the people that knew and loved them, it's a daily reminder that we're losing this battle against a terrible disease. A battle not just of biology, but a fight over ideology, values, and what it means to be a community. So why are so many of our neighbors dying to be wrong? And what is the price we pay for COVID misinformation? This is episode four, the toll of COVID-19. I said, I've had several threats online, uh, several other verbal threats. Dr. Veretta sits in his blue scrubs across from me in my hotel's conference room. This is the only place we could talk. The hospital was off limits because I was told by Shannon Medical that he didn't represent them. So we met here instead. I know I've shown up to city council meetings, something like that, and there's two or three police officers in the back. And at the end of this, I say, well, why are these guys here? And it's, well, we heard somebody may not be happy that you're here speaking. There's no doubt that social media has played a big role in the handling of the virus. From the spread of misinformation, like we discussed in episode three, to even threatening local officials. It's gotten so bad that Mayor Gunner has had to step away, she explains. What I chose to do was not be a participant in Facebook because what you found was it was so negative, particularly early on, so many hateful, negative, horrible things. And what I chose to do was to back away from social media posts and try to become as educated and as informed as I possibly could and try to make the right decisions for citizens. And I don't think I needed a Facebook post to tell me what to do. From social media to emails, both Dr. Veredis and Bishop Michael Sis have received a number of emails from the public questioning their rulings. It's been a broken record. We sit in the bishop's office as he describes the type of emails he's been receiving throughout the pandemic. People sending me emails or text messages saying, you need to watch this video. If you're going to be talking to us about the, the virus, masks, social distancing, or vaccines, then you need to listen to this person. Back in my hotel's conference room where Dr. Veretta sits across from me, he tells me about the type of emails he's received. People send me these long lists of things for me to watch. I watch a YouTube 
of somebody talking to a school board. They don't understand that medicine shouldn't be based on who's the best orator, who's the best debater. It should be based off science and off fact. But instead you look at somebody who can get up and they very eloquently put out false information like it's a fact and they look forward and look you right in the eyeball. And you think it's, this has got to be true, but it's, it's just a bold-faced lie. Many of the links that are sent to the doctor and the bishop are from social platforms like YouTube or even Facebook. Local resident Jesse Ramon meets with me at a local tea shop in downtown, just a block away from the mayor's restaurant. It's, it's gotten to the point where you can just put anything out there on the internet and it becomes truth. And the ability to share that is, you know, you know, it's infinite, just like, you know, this virus is spreading. Social media is, is everything for a lot of people. Pastor Jose Flores sits across from me in his Sunday suit. We are in front of the stage where he gives his Sunday sermons each week. You and I, we can go and, and take a photo with a Ferrari and, and put it on, the, on our Facebook and say, look, look what we just bought. And believe me, I mean, a lot of people, they're going to believe that. Oh, look, Jose and Cody buy that. But I mean, reality is not. It's not. It's not, it's not because it's not real, all of that. From Jose's non-denominational church to the Catholic church that makes up about 15% of the population in West Texas, the source of information among the members varies. Your sources of information become a determiner of what your opinion is. People in our churches listen to different sources of information, and so there are great disagreements. And it's for the past 18 months, it's been a tremendous challenge dealing with different sources of, of information. It's, it's real easy to read a headline and think you know the article. And that's what they're doing. They, they like that. They don't want the 15 minutes anymore. They want 15 seconds at her and tell them what they should think. In episode three, we introduce you to Maria Martinez. Her husband died of the virus just eight months after receiving the vaccine. She, like many others in the area, is on social media. She reads the post, the comments, and the 15-second headlines that people share. It makes it hard, you know, whenever people get on there and say that it's not real or um, don't believe that anything can help. And I, I think contrary to that, you know, I feel like if people did a little bit of their part that maybe we can start having some control in this. In any society, in any social grouping, there are some people who are much more focused on the common good, what's best for the group. Then you have others who are much more focused on individual liberty. What I want to do in any society, people are going to fall somewhere on that scale. And so we find of our people in our Catholic churches, those who tend to emphasize more individual liberty don't like to follow mask mandates. And those who want to emphasize the common good making sacrifices for the well-being of society, they tend to be fine with max mask mandates. So how did we get here? A question that I've asked throughout this series. The community that I call home has a different feel. The community that once came together in times of need and pain. I was reminded of that by Lana Primo. 
Well, one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is we had a tornado in 2019 that hit pretty hard, devastated a lot of homes. A lot of families were, were hit hard by it. And um, San Angelo Strong, we came out. You know, every neighbor was out cleaning. Everybody came out. There were churches at schools serving meals. It didn't, they didn't matter who you were. You, you come in and you get your food and your water. That's San Angelo Strong. That's what we do for our community. That's how we look out for each other. And to me, this virus is no different than a tornado. Now, notably, there is a difference between a natural disaster and a pandemic. Pastor Jose Flores gives his take. I think the difference is because it's a material. If the virus is real and that people had afraid to get together or to get close to people. You see a tornado hits and it was just a material damage. But and then with COVID hits, and it takes the life of a loved one. These are, these are not numbers. These are not number of deaths. These are not number of infections. These are people. Mothers have lost their children, and children have lost their fathers. In the past three years, I've seen my community and show out for me and show up for me in ways that I never imagined possible. So much love and support from people I've never met. And, um, it's really sad to see that upended by um, this pandemic. And if anybody has a great idea about how we can unite everyone behind the COVID-19 conversation, I welcome it. Do you feel like this is something that could lead you to maybe reach out to her? To well, I mean, you actually give me some good news. I might go and talk to her. And because you know what? Uh, we need to do something. If we don't do something, uh, I think it's going to get more, more wild. Since the release of this docuseries and podcast, San Angelo has seen a significant decrease in cases. The hospitalizations remain steady with 33 people passing from the virus in October. That's just half of the number of deaths the county saw in September when all of these stories were captured. I'm NBCLX storyteller Cody Broadway. If you enjoy Dying to be Wrong, please leave us a rating and review with any feedback. Better yet, send the podcast to a friend or a loved one that has been impacted by COVID-19. For more information, please visit lx.com slash dying to be wrong. That's lx.com forward slash D-Y-I-N-G-T-O-B-E-W-R-O-N-G.